0: Alright, so we're not going to do the intro to the show, um, because it just seems weird. Because we're going to talk about Carrie Fisher dying, and, uh, and we're just, I'm just going to, it's hard to talk about. Um, it's hard for me to, like, really, like, put things into words, because, you know, I didn't know Carrie Fisher. I mean, I know who she is, and I love Princess Leia, and, um... Uh, I thought we'd read. I thought I would read out some some remembrances that um, that people who knew her and worked with her um, that they wrote in response to her death uh, on the twenty seventh of yeah, he December. Um, what's that, Bud?
1: I said that you didn't write this.
0: No, no, did. right. Other people have written these things um, and said these things, and I thought. It'd be nice to just hear what those people who knew her said. So, uh, first off, we're going to start with uh, you know the guy who who started it all, uh, George Lucas, who started all of Star Wars, at least. Um, and uh, and you know, Star Wars is really like the first uh, big movie role that that Carrie Fisher was in. It was the thing that launched her into to stardom. Of course, she was the daughter of. Debbie Reynolds, who was an accomplished actor and Hollywood royalty in her own right. Uh, Very, oh yeah. I didn't know that. Right. You know, we. Debbie Reynolds was a a very famous actor. Um, You know, she was. Right. Hollywood royalty, meaning that, you know, she was very well respected in Hollywood and she was a very famous, you know, people call them royalty sometimes, right? Uh, Which is interesting because her daughter. Played a princess, <laughs> um, and she was, you know, a queen of Hollywood, uh, and she died the day after Carrie Fisher died, which and we don't know how. is super sad. She died from a stroke, so Carrie Fisher had a heart attack, right? Her heart um, didn't have enough blood pumping to it, and and that's what happened when she was on an airplane, and she lived for you know a few days after that, but eventually her body, you know, couldn't couldn't do it anymore, and and then the day after Carrie Fisher died, um, Debbie Reynolds died from a stroke, which is basically a brain attack. And the same thing happens where not enough blood can get to the brain because of an artery that might be a little bit squeezed or That's, strokes can happen to anyone at any time.
1: That is kind of I don't know. I know. That I didn't
0: coincidental or
1: well, not really coincidental. I mean, more like I don't know. It might not be coincidental. Well, well, it's probably partly coincidental.
0: But right. But I think that, you know, stress can, can cause strain on arteries and stuff like that. And so it, it, you know, it happens when, when older couples, a lot of times when one, when one of the couple dies, then maybe, you know, within the next few months, the next the you know, the, the spouse of that person might die. That's something that's Seems to be common, but I'm not sure if, you know, statistically or scientifically it actually is, but... um, Yeah, it's, it's sad. Sad all around. So George Lucas had this to say. Carrie and I have been friends most of our adult lives. She was extremely smart, a talented actress, writer, and comedian, with a very colorful personality that everybody loved. In Star Wars, she was our great and powerful princess. Feisty, wise, and full of hope... In a role that was more difficult than most people might think. My heart and prayers are with Billy, Debbie, and all Carrie's family, friends, and fans. She will be missed by all. And of course he said that the day Carrie Fisher died. And he was talking about his heart and prayers being with Debbie Reynolds. And and Billy Lord is Carrie Fisher's daughter. And, yeah. Uh, Mark Hamill said... It's never easy to lose such a vital, irreplaceable member of the family, but this is, a, this is downright heartbreaking. Carrie was a one-of-a-kind who belonged to us all, whether she liked it or not. She was our princess, damn it, and the actress who played her blurred into one gorgeous, fiercely independent, and ferociously funny, take-charge woman who took our collective breath away. Determined and tough, but with a vulnerability that made you root for her and want her to succeed and be happy. She played such a crucial role in my professional and personal life, and both would have been far emptier without her. I am grateful for the laughter, the wisdom, the kindness, and even the bratty, self-indulgent crap my beloved space twin gave me through the years. Thanks, Carrie. I love you. (laughs) I love Mark Hamill, too. And Kathleen Kennedy, president of Lucasfilm, said... Carrie holds such a special place in the hearts of everyone at Lucasfilm, it is difficult to think of a world without her. She was Princess Leia to the world, but a very special friend to all of us. She had an indomitable spirit, incredible wit, and a loving heart. Carrie also defined the female hero of our age over a generation ago. Her groundbreaking role as Princess Leia served as an inspiration of power and confidence for young girls everywhere. We will miss her dearly. True dat. Dave Filoni put this piece of art up on Twitter, and I'll have this up on our website, but I wanted to show you kids this. says, we will always remember you and the hope you inspired in a generation. Thank you, Carrie.
1: Who's
0: who? Who's who? That's Gary Fisher with R2-D2. That's what I thought. And they're remembering with the projection of Princess Leia. <clears throat> that one's tough. Daddy. And J.J. Abrams wrote one of his uh, one of his notes that he likes to write by hand on a sheet of paper. And it says, You didn't need to meet Carrie Fisher to understand her power. She was just as brilliant and beautiful, tough and wonderful Incisive and funny as you can imagine. What an unfair thing to lose her. How lucky to have been blessed with her at all. said that? JJ. <clears throat> Harrison Ford said, Carrie was a one-of-a-kind, brilliant, original, funny, and emotionally fearless. She lived her life bravely. We will all miss her. And Peter Mayhew, Chewbacca, says, There are no words for this loss. Carrie was the brightest light in every room she entered. I will miss her dearly. And uh, and our friend Nick sent an email just kind of talking about Carrie Fisher, and I really liked how he put it. And he said, The only royal I've ever believed in is gone. <laughs> and that uh, sums it up. And for me, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher was Princess Leia. Like, I didn't know Carrie Fisher, right? I know Princess Leia. Um, and I mean, of course, we've seen Carrie Fisher, and <laughs> she's hilarious, and uh, a national treasure, as many people say. Um, but uh, but Princess Leia is is, you know, almost more real to me than Carrie Fisher was, which... Just because, you know, I've seen her so many times on, uh, you know, when I watched the movie. And, you know, Princess Leia was my sister. She was my sister, like my sister sister, my actual sister Anne. Like for me, she was Princess Leia and Princess Leia was her. Because Princess Leia was all of the brash and strong and funny women that I knew growing up. I thought of them in that way. They were all Princess Leias. I have some aunts. Who always reminded me of Princess Leia. They were Princess Leia's. They'd say what they wanted to say. They didn't care if they were, you know, saying it to someone who was supposed to be, you know, someone in power. They'd just say what they wanted to say. And, uh, your mom's a Princess Leia. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not someone who, like, I don't know, I don't really like publicly mourning. Uh, but of course we have to talk about this. But anyone who follows us on social media like Twitter and Facebook would know that I'm usually really quiet when someone from the Star Wars family dies. Um, I just, I don't know, it's probably the rural, rural North Dakotan in me coming out, not wanting to express emotion. Um, keeping you know all that emotion down and not showing it publicly, That's that's something that I kind of grew up with. Um, or maybe it's just because I can't find the words to grieve, even if I wanted to say them out loud, but that's okay. Right. Because everybody grieves differently. Everybody does it in a different way. And for me, the way I do it is I just kind of walk around the house quietly. (laughs) Uh, that's, that's how I do it. Um, we don't all have to be public mourners and that's okay. I'm thankful for those who do publicly mourn. Like, you know, with Dave Filoni, that drawing, like, it helps me get through the sadness to see that, you know? And I'm really thankful for it. Um, But I just, you know, go on with my day, I guess. And, uh, yeah. Do you guys have any thoughts, anything you want to say about about Carrie Fisher or Princess Leia? Any kind of remembrances or... Any, just whatever. Anything you want to say? If not, that's fine. No. No. Mm. That's okay. We'll talk about. <laughs> oh, Liam, you got something?
1: Uh, I just want to say that she's awesome.
0: Yeah. Yep. That she is. Well, our thoughts go out to Billy Lord and Gary Fisher. Carrie's dog and everyone else who personally knew her because you know we fans we lost an icon and we lost an actress and we lost a beloved character but but Carrie's family like they lost a family member and a friend and a loved one you know so that's immeasurably worse right um you know the 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 sorrow that we feel is nothing you know, compared to theirs. Especially with, you know, her mom going just a day later. It's a really tough time for that family. So So our thoughts are with them and uh and you know, we're gonna go and do Star Wars because that's what we do. And um you know, that's what we did, right? The day after she died, we went to see Rogue One and with a bunch of other people who loved Star Wars in the theater and um
1: we tried you know, to go that day but it was all sold out. It was
0: sold out, which is pretty awesome which is actually. Awesome, um, but but yeah, so we went the day after and uh, it's the closest thing to to a funeral that I could think of <laughs> being able to go to. So a uh, a good remembrance. So All right. Well, let's let's go on to the show. The Children of the Force. <laughs> Welcome to episode 56 of Children of the Force, a podcast about Star Wars by one adult and his two kids. I'm Al Nawatsky, the adult.
1: I'm Anna and I'm 10 I'm Liam and I'm seven.
0: Alright, so here we are and we're doing this show. And uh, right off the bat I'm going to say spoiler alert because we're talking about Rogue One again, of course. Anything's fair game. We're going to talk about the movie. Um, So, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, you're still holding off on seeing it, uh, you know, maybe just wait. And, uh, you know, listen to us later. Uh, we're all a bit under under the weather, just a little bit. We're all kind of congested. So my voice is uh, even lower than it usually is. Yeah. <laughs> and you might hear a little bit of sniffles, but that's fine. Uh, I wanted to thank our new patrons. Since last episode, we have two new patrons. Alethea is a new patron. Thank you so much, Alethea. And I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly i think i am uh and yeah i really really appreciate it um and her son will will be uh coming on the show at some point in the future which is super cool i cannot wait to talk to them uh and also uh thanks again i don't know how many times we can say it uh to nick from london and his family um thank you for everything but also now thank you for being patrons um yeah, just really, you know, above and beyond, and uh, we'll definitely be hearing from Nick in the future.
1: Yeah, maybe and, uh, you could go on our show again.
0: Yes, oh, definitely. Yeah, we'll we'll be hearing from him uh, in the future. He is he is our London correspondent, and uh, we are very thankful for that. In addition to, uh, in addition to him and his family being patrons, uh, super cool. Thank you so much. Thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, also to Laura and Amy. Really, really 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 appreciate it. All right. So, uh-huh. let's talk about some Star Warsy stuff. First, I'm going to start with a correction. Last episode of Children of the Force, I talked about what an audible is, right? Remember we were talking about football and an audible, I said, is when the quarterback wants to change the play, he calls an audible, I said. But you know what? Football, like all sports, is not gender specific. All genders play football. Oh. So, when I said, when the quarterback wants to change the play, he calls an audible, I was being sexist. And I try not to be sexist. So I'm calling myself out and apologizing to our listeners. It is not okay. And it's not welcome on this podcast, sexism. And I will try my best.
1: Yeah, because he said he calls it audible.
0: Exactly. And I, uh, I just, I, I just wanted to say it because, you know, I almost took it out and I'm like, no, I'm not going to take it out because I made that mistake. I'm going to leave it in there, but I'm going to pledge to do better in the future. And, uh, kids, if you notice anything like that, call me out. All right? Okay. All right. So other Star Warsy stuff. Uh, what kind of things did we get? Because of course we celebrate Christmas, uh, here and what did we get for Christmas that was Star Wars?
1: <gasps> we got Croken.
0: <laughs> we got Croken. We got that Star Wars game Croken, right? Which of course in our world is called Crokenol, Uh but was in the Ahsoka novel, right? Called Croken. Uh, yeah, so that was really cool. My my brother which
1: actually which actually dad my dad is reading to me. Dad's I am family.
0: reading Ahsoka to you, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, it starts off a little slow, but I think you're interested Mm -hmm. in it, aren't you? Yeah. Uh, So. Look at the
1: part where she says "crokin."
0: Oh, it's we're almost there. They have to go to the bar. They play it up at the bar.
1: Huh? Or the
0: cantina, you know, whatever. (laughs) Yeah, all the farmers like to sit around and play crokin. Yeah. So, so my brother made two crokinole boards and uh, gifted one to to me for Christmas, which I. Feel like I'm not worthy, but I graciously accepted and said, "This is the best present ever." So now we have this beautiful new Crokinole board. Um, I'll post a photo of that up on uh, on the website, also on childrenoftheforce.com, just b- so people know. I don't a lot of people don't know what Crokinole is. Um, it's a really fun game. It's it's very Canadian. Uh, we I'm do have I do right have some.
1: Here. Ahsoka is Canadian.
0: The person who wrote Ahsoka, E.K. Johnson, is from Canada, yep. And uh, also my grandmother uh, is originally... My grandmother on my dad's side is from Canada, which is why I grew up playing Crokinole um, at, at her house. So, super cool. Uh, other Star Wars stuff that we got. Uh, Liam, what what did you get Star Wars for Christmas? I got a
1: Force Awakens kit. Like a whole Force Awakens drawing kit.
0: Oh, like an art kit, right? Yeah.
1: Uh What else?
0: What else? Hmm.
1: Oh, I got that. Oh, I got the Rogue One visual guide. You
0: did get the Rogue One visual guide
1: from Sagarera?
0: From Sagr Sagrera gave that to you. Yeah. It said said in
1: there we have a long road ahead of us. Yeah. No, it said I have a long road ahead of me.
0: What? No, it says. No,
1: it says we have a long road ahead of us.
0: Dear Liam. You have a long road ahead. Hopefully, this book will no, help you when you get there. No, it says we have a long oh, road have. ahead of us. <laughs> Why does it say we? Because
1: you got me it.
0: Because I got it for you, and also I partially got it because I wanted to read it. Yeah. <laughs> ah, ah, ah. Uh, also, you, you uh, Liam, you got the Force Awakens playset for Disney Infinity, which is pretty cool. Uh, I, you each got like a Star Wars like. Activity book from one of your aunts? Yeah. Liam, you got a, The Force Awakens. Yeah. Uh, what was it, like a book of interviews and the It was interviews the scenes. with
1: the, it was like behind the scenes fan, oh wait, no, not fan art, like,
0: Oh, there's name? some. Oh, uh, there's some concept art in there? Yeah, there's yeah. some
1: Ralph McQuarrie art. In well, the... I don't think it's Ralph McCory because oh. he's well, not alive anymore, but it is concept, concept art, history. same
0: kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Ray and there's sweeter and yep. stuff. And, um, it also has interviews with the actors.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, it was a pretty good Star Wars Christmas. I got a, a Darth Vader mug that says, what does it say, no, I am your father.
1: Yeah, and, and mine s- says, I'm a Jedi like my father before me. Right,
0: it's a matching set, that was pretty cool. So the day after Rogue One came out, I read this great piece on the Entertainment Weekly website called Rogue One Parent's Guide. Should You Take the Kids by Anthony Bresnikan. And I pointed to this article on our last episode, but I also asked Bresnikan on Twitter if he'd be okay with me quoting large portions of it on the show, and he said yes. So there's some great, um, I don't know, it's more like advice to parents, but also I think it's really great because it it sort of says, like, here's how you can talk to your kids about this, which I think that uh, is kind of what this podcast that we do here is partially about, you know, like talking to kids about Star Wars. Like, how do you, how do you do that? I like to, you know, I lead by example, I guess, you know, and the way I talk to you kids about Star Wars and also the real world and how all those things kind of relate to each other. That's, that's a big part of what I want to do here on this, on this podcast. Um, so I thought I would read a little bit from this article, just pick some pieces out of it. Because I think it's some really good uh, ideas that he has. So, in regards to Vader and how kind of scary those Vader scenes are, he says that afterwards you could talk about the fact with your kids, right, that there are really are bad people in the world and they don't care who they hurt. And Vader is like that. But bad people can repent. And that's what we see in the original movie, in Return of the Jedi, he means, uh, that they usually, uh, they also, they usually need good people to show them the way. Right. So that's pretty interesting. I like that. Um,
1: Not bad people. People that make bad decisions. They're bad. They're all bad.
0: So you say that there's not bad people. There's just people who make bad decisions. Uh That's not a bad way to look at it. That's that's I like that way to look at it. Yeah. Um, But yeah. But if every decision you make is bad, does that make you a bad person? Mm. No. No? It just makes you a person who does nothing but make bad decisions?
1: Yep. Huh.
0: So we can't call anyone a bad person?
1: Nope. Nope.
0: All right. Except
1: if it's in Star Wars. I guess we could call the Emperor a bad person because I don't think there's any good in him.
0: Right. Yeah, there's no
1: good in him. Okay. Darth Vader, you can't call Darth Vader a bad person.
0: Oh, really? Hmm. No,
1: because he has good and he saves his son and kills his master.
0: Okay, but could someone possibly have have helped the Emperor to repent and uh, change his ways?
1: No. No? That would take a very, very, very strong Jedi.
0: So right now you are Obi-Wan Kenobi talking to Anakin saying, Then you are lost! Right? and telling Luke that he's more machine than man. The man who was once your father is dead. Right? That's what Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda told Luke about, about Vader. Right? Yeah. Hopefully anyone can be redeemed. We hope. Right? But
1: it would take a very, very, very strong Jedi, like, like, it would take more than Master Yo- it would take more than Yoda to, mm. like, Ooh. bring the Emperor back.
0: Maybe. Ooh. Maybe. Yeah, I mean... Right. We're just kind of spitballing here. Honestly, I don't even know what I think about it. Um, Whether or not the Emperor is bad or just a person who makes bad choices. Bad. I'm not sure if there's really a difference uh, when every choice is a bad choice. Right? Every choice is a selfish choice. I don't know. Alright, so then he talks about Jin, And he says, Felicity Jones' character is a great role model for kids, especially girls, who need more fearsome women... To put in the action figure collections alongside Leia and Rey. Boys will also see a strong, compassionate hero to admire and emulate. That's worth talking about with them. Jin is an inspiration for everyone, a kid who was abandoned and found a way to protect herself without losing the good person she is inside. Nice. Right. And then he talks about how Jin was abandoned by her mom and then losing her dad to the Empire. And he says, here's how to, how to, um, How to talk to your kids. He says, here's the first thing I typed. So this is what he was going to say. Bresniket. After the movie, reassure younger kids that although any parent would lay down his or her life to protect a child, this kind of thing doesn't happen in real life. And then he goes on to say, But then I began thinking about what little ears may have picked up from radio and TV news. There's no shortage of dread and ugliness in our world, especially this year. And if kids connect those dots in the context of what happens to the Urso family, I think it's important to be honest rather than obfuscate. That means, like, make things, like, kind of like a lie gloss. Lie to make feel yeah, better? Basically.
1: Like a white lie?
0: Kind of. He says, what I would say is, yes, Jin suffered a horrible loss, and what happened to her parents was cruel and wrong. It's not right to hunt people down and tear apart families. It's not right to punish scientists. It's not right to use fear and intimidation to control people. This is what makes the Imperials the bad guys, even if they have cool costumes. Our real world is also full of unfairness, but it's important to see that Jin didn't react by creating more of it, by becoming cruel herself, as Vader did. She dedicated herself to fighting for those who can't fight for themselves. She didn't let fear consume her, she was still willing to run into danger to save others who were helpless, as she once was. Hopefully, kids will find that reassuring. Nothing dispels fear like bravery. And Liam, we were just talking about this today, right? About how someone at school was, was just kind of generally being mean to you. And I said, they were laughing at you for something, right? And I said, well, you know, it's their right to laugh at you. The choice that matters is how you respond to it, right? How do you respond? Do you respond by creating more, more anger and more fear and more, um, right? Or do you respond by, you know, walking away? That's one way to do it. I did that. That's a great way to do it. Walk away. Um, you can also respond by being positive and trying to find something good that that person is doing and point out the good things that they do instead of the bad things. And then maybe they'll want to not be... Mean to you in the future? Maybe they'll see that they get get attention for being nice, right? Yeah, I think your class does that, right? You can write notes to each other and thank each other for the good things that you do in class, right? Yeah, used to. Used to, That's yeah. It's a good, it's a good, good idea, though. You know, reward people for being nice instead of giving them attention for being, uh, you know, for making bad decisions, right? <laughs> So, and then he talks about kind of the gray areas. Remember, we talked about this in our last episode about how in the Rebellion, there seems like in Rogue One, there seems to be like they're not all just good, right? Like even Cassian, right, when he he killed, um, that, you know, that guy and toward the beginning and, and it was like, what is going on here? You know, like I thought he was a good guy and now he's killing a fellow rebel, you know? I wanted to actually read a little bit from the novelization that actually tells us a little bit about how Cassian was thinking when he did that. Um, So after he kills um, Tivik, his name is Tivik, T-I-V-I-K after he kills Tivik, he says to himself as he's escaping he says, they would have caught you Tivik, you would have broken, you would have died, and neither of us would deliver your message. So he's trying to kind of Excuse himself for killing, right, Tivik? But in a in a in a very cold, calculating way, in a very um, logical way, he did do the right thing, because they would have captured Tivik, and they would have tortured him, and they would have maybe found out what kind of information he was giving Cassian. and
1: they might have got Cassian, too, right? And then none of them could deliver the message,
0: right? He had to make that very hard decision. And it's it's horrible and he feels horrible about it. He does. Um but I wouldn't say I wouldn't say he killed him in cold blood. I wouldn't say that it was a murder. Uh, he views it, and I think you could say you could make an argument it was almost a mercy killing, right? Like when 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 someone's in so much pain and you know that the pain will not get better, it's a mercy. To, to let them die right I mean we we have this in our own world uh, assisted you know you can assist someone in, in dying so that they don't suffer anymore you know people do this with with like animals that they see on the side of the road sometimes right like if they get hit by a car you know they're not going to live they're in agony they cannot get better the the, the most humane thing the, the but kindest to
1: die soon
0: right the kindest thing to do is to give them a, a very short painless death right
1: because when you're in pain, actually being in pain is better than death, in my opinion. It's better. I mean, it's worse. Oh
0: well, it depends, right? Because you're
1: being hurt. When you're dead, you're not hurt. You can't feel anything.
0: And I think it depends. It
1: depends if you're all if you're already gonna die. Right. I would easily pick a fast death over a slow and hard death.
0: I think most people would. I really do. And that can be that can yeah. Well, we're gonna get we're getting the getting the weeds of a, <laughs> of a pretty sticky moral situation right now so let's let's get out of that let's get out of the weeds i'm gonna climb out i'm gonna climb out uh, we're almost out of the weeds uh, and we're out i've got a little mud on my feet but that's okay all right okay. so so anthony bresnikan in this article says rogue one has a few quote good characters who commit violent acts for what they believe to be a just cause it's a gray area that adds a layer of complexity to a franchise that is usually black and white about morality. Remember we talked about moral ambiguity last episode, right? I don't how, remember that. Remember? I said, say it with me now, kids. Ambiguity.
1: But I don't remember what moral ambiguity means. Oh,
0: it's it's the opposite of black and white. The opposite of knowing that here's the good guys and here's the bad guys. And there's no oh, gray yeah. area in between. right? So what he's talking about here is that Number- this... Ambiguity. Ambiguity, yes. That this moral ambiguity is something that is is new to Star Wars. Kind of. I mean, like we said in the last episode, it's been there, but you've had to look a little harder for it. He says, Rogue One goes beyond Han Solo blasting Greedo. This time, good guys don't just shoot first. They target other good guys as the Rebellion struggles to find an identity and purpose. What makes a rebel and what makes an insurgent? So, like, what what is that line? And actually, I kind of take issue with the word "insurgent" because yeah. that, that doesn't always mean a bad and thing. Also,
1: what is insurgent?
0: Uh, well, someone who is fighting, as well rising up against.
1: Trooper. You might as well be a stormtrooper.
0: You might as well be a stormtrooper following orders. That's right. Um, insurgent is is a word that people use for um, uh, someone who takes up arms against their own government. Which, of course, the rebels are doing. <laughs> So it's not too big of a difference. Maybe what he means is what makes a rebel and what makes a terrorist, and a terrorist is someone who, who wants who who
1: ta- uses terror to take over,
0: or or like, you know like
1: scares everyone so yes basically intimidates them so he can th- or she uh-huh. can take over.
0: Well, maybe not to take over, but to topple a government, right? So maybe some people in the Empire would call the rebels terrorists, and actually we've seen that in canon that they've actually referred to them that way. Um, but the, but intent matters. Rebels do not want to to sow fear across the galaxy. They don't want people to be afraid. They want people to be free. Terrorists want people to be afraid. They want to cause pain. And and that's that's the definition, right? So.
1: So basically, the empire's are
0: terrorists, (laughs) in a way, right? But we don't usually call governments. uh, We don't usually use that word when we're referring to governments. But a lot of times, it could be used to refer to how governments behave, right? Usually, we use it in our world to refer to like smaller groups of people who who do things that we disagree with, right? (laughs) But some governments definitely do use terrorist tactics. Yep. So. He says that how to deal with this is that kids should know that one moral of the story is that it's easy to go wrong while trying to do right. That's why it's important to listen to that voice warning you if something feels wrong. You may think you're supporting the right thing or acting for a good cause, but if a bad vibe nags you inside, it's worth listening to that and reevaluating yourself. Like when Cassian's going to pull that trigger, right?
1: And then he stops. Yeah. And... Blower,
0: gone. And, and again, it's, you must do what you feel is right, of course. Do what you feel is right. You know, you, you know, as long as you know enough about the world, what you feel is right is probably right. He says, despite these heroes with dubious morals, there are also two major characters who were once villains but decided to change their ways. The Imperial Security Droid, K2SO, and the cargo pilot, Bodhi Rook. Both of them feel regret over what they did in their pasts, But by listening to their consciences, for K2, that conscience is his reprogrammer, Cassian Andor, right? Uh, They discovered a different path and set out on a course for redemption. Kids make bad choices, too. They might be reassured to know that even when you do the wrong thing, it's possible to make amends. Right? It's possible to do the right thing to make it better. He also writes on war and battle, like the, the... big battle scenes and, and that it's definitely a war movie. He writes this, we already know the outcome of the story. The rebels get the plans they need to blow up the Death Star. That hasn't been a spoiler since the opening crawl of the original 1977 movie. But that victory comes with a high price, and it's not just anonymous background characters who play, who pay it, who pay that price. Even tougher kids will probably find themselves reacting emotionally, but that's not a bad thing. I'm actually looking forward to talking about this with my daughter after the movie. I think fantasy stories do a disservice, that means they they do, like it's bad, right? When the only message they send is that good guys always end happily. The concept of sacrifice is a hard one to teach a kid, and Rogue One might do us a favor there. Kids aren't going to ever be responsible for stealing the plans to a galactic battle station, but the message of Rogue One can manifest itself in their lives in other ways. On the micro level, it's about not turning away when the playground bully is picking on someone else, even if the bully turns his or her attention to you. Maybe it's about sharing something even if you get less. Fewer toys, a smaller slice of cake, tolerating your little brother's cartoon for a while instead of watching your own. On a much larger scale, the world, our world, usually seems too big to change. But history is full of people who did just that. Often they gave their lives, and even more often, they have gone unknown. We don't know the names of the people who've you know, given their lives to make our world a better place. Being a hero isn't about being famous. It's not about being happy or even safe. It's also not about winning. It's about knowing what you did was right and that it helped make someone else happier or safer. It's also about hope. The hope that others will follow what you've done and maybe be inspired to carry it a little further. So, bravo, Anthony Bresnikan, for that that piece. And there's some more stuff in there. Applause, yes. Um, Daddy?
1: Um... When he was talking about doing your own thing, even though some other people who know you wouldn't think it's right, mm-hmm. I saw also saw an example of that in Korra, mm. when someone wanted to go to the Northern Air Temple, yeah, but then she was afraid that her mother wouldn't want her to, uh-huh. and then her aunt told her do what you think is right yeah yeah not what you think someone else would think is right Uh because i did that and it ruined my life
0: Mm. that's what the the aunts did yeah Mm -hmm. right yeah the legend of Korra is it's a great show it has a lot of examples like that Doing what you feel is right. And, it's
1: so good. And we then, watched four episodes last night. Did, did you? No, three.
0: Oh, I wish I could have watched those with you. I was shopping Sorry. for groceries. Whatever. It was,
1: whole, um, it, was like, oh, it was the whole Metal City thing. It was the whole Metal City thing. We could watch them again. It's okay. I love those episodes. It's those were a, probably the No, let's watch yeah. them again. The whole
0: season. It's all right. It's okay. So, um, what's interesting is so he talks about how, you know, uh, doing things to help others and actually it makes me think of this um so riz ahmed who plays bodhi ruck bodhi rook bodhi rook is promoting a new campaign to help out syrian citizens and syrian refugees and uh he has this video and i'm just going to play the audio from the video and uh and we'll talk after after we hear this
2: hey guys how you doing hope you're enjoying the holidays now 2016 has been a really, really tough year for so many people for so many different reasons. So let's start off 2017 properly. You might have seen the immense suffering that's taking place in Aleppo and Syria right now. So many families and civilians caught up in that brutal civil war. It's easy to feel helpless, but the fact is we're not. Now, if 2016 taught us anything, it's that when people really care about something, they can come together and make a massive, unexpected impact, right? So we've started the 10 for 10 Syria campaign. It's really simple. We're just asking that everyone donates 10 bucks and asks 10 of their friends to do the same. If they all donate 10 bucks and ask 10 of their friends to do the same, then after five rounds of that, we'd have raised a million. But easier said than done. We really need your help on this. So please click on the link, donate. Please start sharing. Let's not forget these families in their hour of need whilst we're fortunate enough to celebrate the holidays with our friends and family. Thanks a lot.
0: All well, right.
1: let's do it. We I did. Could totally tell that was <laughs> okay. Good. You could
0: tell that was Bodhiruk. Yeah. yeah me too. <laughs> yes. So I I did this, um, and I I urge all of our listeners to do the same. Um, go on Facebook or Twitter, and just search for Riz Ahmed, and he has this video up on both of his accounts, and uh, just share them and tag ten people, and uh, and donate ten dollars, and hopefully the ten people you tag will donate ten dollars, and and it'll just cause a huge explosion of donations in small amounts, but together, right, we work together, you know, many, many small drops of water will eventually erode a boulder, right, as long as there's enough of them. So let's work together to do this. I think it's a really great thing, and I'm, I'm just happy that he did it, and um, there's a link to a page, you just, just give the $10, and, um, you know, or give more. But, uh, you know, it's a little bit, and it can help a lot. So, I think that's really cool. Alright, so, let's talk a little bit about Rogue One, because this is our first episode since our big Rogue One reaction episode. Uh, And I just had some random thoughts that I wanted to talk about. Um, First of all, we talked about a lot, we've been talking about how the Rebels were at, the Rebels from the TV show Rebels, were at the Battle of Scarif. At least we know the Ghost was. And... More than likely, General Syndulla that we hear paged on the intercom. Right, she was piloting General the Ghost.
1: Syndulla, please report to the
0: something. Yeah, probably like
1: the situation room. room. No, it was situation room. Sure. I
0: think so, it was
1: situation room.
0: So, do you th- do you think we're gonna see the Battle of Scarif on Rebels?
1: No. Uh, no. Yeah.
0: Wouldn't that be awesome? That would be could,
1: so cool. Could
0: that be how Rebels ends? That would would make sense, right?
1: That would be really awesome. Like the season. It it, it is
0: going to end. It is. It will end. When? I I think it'll end after season four. It's okay. Huh. They're, they're probably going to get a new series, right? They're but new...
1: Rebels is so good. It is so good. In between episode 6 and 7, remember?
0: I hope so, right?
1: And they won't make that if Rebels not done. Oh, so.
0: They probably wouldn't have both going at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah. Then so... let's
1: add Rebels! No! Okay.
0: <laughs> so, so, what do you think? This is kind of a question for the question and answer council, but who do you think was on The Ghost? Was it just Hera and Chopper? No. No? Who else do you think was on the Ghost during this battle? The whole crew?
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah? Mostly except Kanan and Ezra were in there.
0: <laughs> you know, I've heard this theory kind of uh, kicked around on the internet recently. That uh, Ahsoka, Kanan, and Ezra are going to end up on Mortis. And that Kanan will be the father Ahsoka will be the daughter, and Ezra will be the son, and that's how they will still live, but won't be part of the galaxy. Oh
1: my Wouldn't that be something?
0: Wouldn't that be something?
1: Yeah, I could
0: see Dave Filoni doing something like that. That would be that would be amazing. Um, it would mean that Ezra maybe kind that, of falls to the, the dark side, but at least he's an
1: idea. on maybe, Mortis
0: and not you know in danger, right?
1: Maybe they just gave him a
0: yeah. Sure. But you know how <laughs> the sun like, is oh, that's a good idea. Let's do it. that. You know, the yeah, the sun yeah. is kind of mean in yeah.
1: it. I don't think he would be as mean as the sun. He wouldn't be. Ezra? Like the sun. Though.
0: Mm, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So uh, it was announced that Saw Gerrera is going to be on Rebels. The next episode of Rebels.
1: Woo woo! It's going
0: to have Saw. It's going to be on.
1: It's going to be on January 7th.
0: January 7th. The date memorized. Yeah.
1: And my. Book
0: A visual dictionary. A visual
1: huh? dictionary. Yep. Um, there's a screen mm-hmm. saying, what What about the and bugs or something?
0: Um, right, doesn't it say that he... The geonosian w-
1: gas? He
0: filters out the insecticide. Yeah. Like that, that thing, the breathing apparatus from that geonosis? he wears. Well, I don't know if it yeah. says from geonosis, but it says it filters out insecticide, which of course we know that... That the Empire wiped out all the Geonosians, but does that mean that Saw was on the planet when that happened?
1: Yes, probably. So,
0: But that happened before what? the Rebels were at Geonosis the last time. So if they go to Geonosis now and Saw is so there, he is he trapped there? He was trapped there.
1: there. He's maybe. been trapped there for
0: Maybe, but they didn't, they didn't read any life signs on the planet, but maybe he was low enough down that they didn't... Maybe. Read his life signs? I don't know. Weird. Mm, we'll see.
1: Weird.
0: It's a mystery, but I cannot wait. And voiced by Forrest Whitaker, which is so awesome. I think you guys are spoiled. Like when I was a kid when I was a kid, like voice acting on television shows, it it just It's so amazing to me that the person who plays the character in the movie is actually the person who's doing the voice in a An animated show a a cartoon you know like it's so cool like James Earl Jones is the voice of Darth Vader in Rebels that is amazing that's so cool
1: I just thought of something yeah you know and the Clone Wars where they have a bunch of Rebels
0: in the Clone Wars you mean like on Onderon yeah with yeah
1: yeah, they have a bunch Mm -hmm. do you think some of the Rebels up there are the rebels from the Clone Wars? Some of the rebels in Rogue One are the oh. rebels from the Clone Wars.
0: Oh, like the some of Saw's partisans are actually still from Onderon?
1: Yeah, that would
0: be really cool. That would be cool. That would be that would be very interesting to know that. Um, yeah, so really cool. Um, let's see. One thing we were thinking about was what does it mean when they say that uh, that Bays and Chirrut were. The guardians of the the wills, the temple of the wills, right? Isn't that what it was? The the Kyber Temple. They're guardians of the wills in the movie. And what are the wills, right? So this is something that has been around since George Lucas's like first draft of of uh, a New Hope, right? Of of Star Wars. Um, the wills were. In An ancient... Actually, I'm just going to read right off of Wikipedia. It says that the Wills kept a collection of stories called the Journal of the Wills that chronicled the history of the galaxy. A keeper of the Wills was responsible for adding new information into it. One such keeper was told the story of the Skywalker family's exploits during the Clone Wars and the Galactic Civil War by the astromech droid R2-D2 100 years after the Battle of Endor. So, the Wills are... That's legends, right? But the Wills are something in canon. And we're not exactly sure what they are. We know that Qui-Gon Jinn met a shaman of the Wills and learned how to live beyond death from that shaman of the Wills. This is on... He said something about it to Yoda. I don't know if he specifically said shaman of the Wills in that Yoda arc at the end of season six, like the... The un, you know, the um, the extra episodes, the season six episodes of the Clone Wars. Um, but on on the Star Wars website, it's it says that he learned from the Shaman of the Wills. So that's canon because it's on the StarWars.com website. So, interesting. Very interesting. I wonder if we'll learn more about the Wills and Rebels, maybe? That'd be kind of cool. And it's W-H-I-L-L-S. The Wills. Not
1: new. W-I-L-L-S.
0: Right. Which, I don't know if that really makes a difference, but... But I think it's it's good to know how things are spelled. It just makes them seem different when you know how they're spelled. Um, we talked about red and gold leader last uh, last episode, and how they're the same actors, and it's footage from A New Hope. And I think it's really funny that IO9 website has a story about how how they found that footage. And Gareth Edwards says in this in this article. As we're walking around, he's talking about Skywalker Ranch, right? Where they have a lot of the old uh, props and stuff from Star Wars. As we're walking around and doing all the cool things and looking at the Millennium Falcon and trying on Han Solo's jacket and things like that, in the back, at the bottom, was all these cans of film. And we said, what are they? And they said, oh, it's Star Wars. (laughs) So they found like old film, like old original film, how is this even possible that it's just sitting in a box on the back? And they're like, oh, that's Star Wars. That's old Star Wars film. So then they took <laughs> yeah, they took shots that, that weren't used in the movie, and they used them in Rogue One. And that's how Red and Gold Leader look so awesome. And we actually just watched The New Hope last night, right? And we saw Red and Gold Leader, and it's so cool uh, seeing them now in, in New we Hope, knowing that's, Rogue One. knowing that they're in Rogue One. How cool is that? All right, well, let's head on over to we, we. kind of just did the news and Star Warsy stuff at the same time, I guess. So whatever. We're gonna head on over to Canon news.
1: The Canon news song, yeah. The Canon news song, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: All right. I may have mentioned this in the last episode. but I don't think I did. Uh, that that monster, that that creature that wraps its tentacles around uh, Bodhi.
1: The creepy, slimy is creature. named. Boar gullets. Gullet.
0: Boar, b o r.
1: by my book.
0: No, it's actually not in the visual dictionary at all. I know, I was disappointed. I thought there'd be like a whole page there's about Boar There's
1: nothing Bor about Gullet. Vader's castle in there either.
0: I know, there's nothing about, I wanted to see a photo of Vader's castle in that thing, but there's not. Um, yeah, so, no, this was uh, from the Rogue One novelization, which is pretty good. I have to say, I'm really enjoying reading it, um... But yeah, so they talk about Borgullet. B-O-R space G-U-L-L-E-T, in case you want to know. Borgullet. Borgullet. So, there we go. Oh, you're good. (laughs) So, that's just, that's it. That's Canon News. That's the name of that guy. And you know, last night, as I was laying in bed, not able to go to sleep, I all of a sudden got really sad about Borgullet. Because he died. He did? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: he did. You know?
0: It's really, really sad. bad? Yeah. Oh well. R.I.P. Borgullet. Alright, let's have a joke.
2: <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball.
0: <laughs> how did Bodhi, speaking of Borgullet, how did Bodhi know that Borgullet was going to wrap those tentacles around him? Mm-hmm. Bodhi look
1: Bodhi
0: looked. Mm-hmm. Plus? He looked. <laughs> Why did Bodhi think Borgullet was a Raftar?
1: I don't, I don't know.
0: Bodhi mistook. Huh? He mistook. He mistook him for a Raftar. Bodhi mistook. Okay. <laughs> what did Bodhi do after Borgullet looked into his mind? Bodie shook. Which rebel is really great at chess? I know. Woo.
1: Bodie Ruck.
0: No, K two S O. He's a droid. Droids are way better at chess. <laughs> huh? <laughs> K two, totally. He's so much better at chess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Space chess? Sure. What do you mean? How does that?
0: <laughs> just it's, it's a joke because you funny. think it's going to be Bodie Rook, right? Because a Rook is a chess piece, but instead it's K two S O, right? I'm I'm setting you up to make you think it's going to be Bodie Rook, but instead it's K two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Oh, oh, oh. stop! <laughs> Fake laughter. <laughs> Is worse than no laughter at all. <laughs> anyway, amazingly enough, Chris from Star Wars Kids Cast did not send me those jokes, but those are totally Chris jokes. So uh, yeah, they are. So thanks, Chris, for for the the spirit of those jokes. <laughs> all right, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, end with some happy memories of uh, Princess Leia for with our question and answer council. Let's head on over there.
1: The question and answer council, where we ask questions and answer them. It's the question and answer council. It's the question and answer council. All
0: right. My question for the Q&A council is your favorite Princess Leia moment. I'm first. Liam.
1: Into the garbage chute, fly boy. Would you get this walking carpet out of my face?
0: <laughs> would somebody get this walking, walking carpet uh, out of my way? Yeah.
1: Out of my face.
0: Out of my face?
1: Out of- <laughs> I thought it was out of my way. I thought it was, would somebody get my, this walking carpet out of my way?
0: <laughs> anyway, regardless, it's a great line. Uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Anna?
1: I don't, I, I don't know. It's all super good. I don't. Same. Really, I
0: thought you were going to go with, uh, Empire Strikes Back.
1: I guess. This is one of my favorite Princess Leia moments.
0: No good half-witted. Scruffing
1: pretty, like a nerve uh, herder.
0: Yeah. Yeah?
1: Yeah. I'm going to go with that It's a pretty good moment. Oh, I also like when she's just like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. And then she chokes Java. She's yeah. like, they're all fighting, so I'm gonna fight. Yeah. And then she just chokes him.
0: Her choking job of the hut is very, very satisfying.
1: Very awesome. satisfying. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's like uh, that's like one of those Daddy. that's one of those satisfying deaths like, like Krennic getting killed by the Death Star.
1: Which, that's, by the way, yeah. he helped make.
0: Right. And well, he didn't she, help baby.
1: make it, but he found the person to help right. make it.
0: And it's the same he, way that's that... That's
1: like his baby. It's his
0: baby, exactly. His and baby
1: and, just killed him. And
0: Jabba's the one who put Leia in those chains that she strangled him with, you know? And it's just, it's yeah. very... Poetic justice is what that's called. Um, yeah.
1: Strangle.
0: I think... I don't know yeah I'm kind of with you Anna there's so many good ones I really love the moment in Return of the Jedi when uh after she gets shot and she is hurt and Han's kind of over her and and he he sees that she's holding a gun and she's kind of motioning him to get out of the way and she's going to use the gun and he looks at her and he just says I love you and she says I know (laughs) <laughs> it's just it's so great because you know it's that same it's just the reversal of what happened in Empire Strikes Back you know where she says i love you and he says i know and um i just love the look on her face when she says i know like it's just this understanding between them and also it's so funny that he says he loves her because she's got when, this blaster and then he moves out of the way and she uses her blaster you know when uh that was when they're at the bunker they're trying to get oh. in the door of the bunker and so return of the jedi and then she gets shot and
1: then and then han says i love you and then what did she do she well says, it's
0: because she has the blaster and he knows that she's going to use it she's going to keep fighting even though she just got hit she's going to she's telling him like get out of the way so i can use my blaster on these people <laughs> so he says i love you and then she says i know oh <laughs> uh, it's so good
1: Oh, and then I also like when um, uh, Princess Leia first breaks it to Han that um, Luke is her brother, and yeah. then he's just like,
0: "What?" <laughs>
1: he's like, "Oh my gosh, Luke's your brother? What the heck? How could that be?"
0: Yep. That's and then good. doesn't she
1: tell him that her her father is Darth Vader? Also, at that moment,
0: no, no. she doesn't. Although he does, he does. He does know that after.
1: Oh.
0: Um, she tells him after Return of the Jedi. yeah.
1: After Return of the Jedi? Yeah. <gasps> wow. Huh. Right. Um, well, after.
0: Night. So, because she doesn't find out until right before the big battle in Return sure. of the Jedi anyway. So. Um, yeah, also, I really, I think in The Force Awakens, when she's talking with Han and she says... When he says, I'm just trying to help. And she says, when has that ever helped? And don't say the Death Star. Oh, I love that moment. <laughs> so, so good. So funny. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Uh, oh, another
1: really, really awkward moment yeah. is when he's like, like, ch- you change your hair. And then she's just like, same jacket. And then Han's like, no, new jacket. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's really
0: weird. <laughs> it's a very awkward reunion. Yeah.
1: So, why did that happen even?
0: Why did what happen?
1: You change your hair, you, you, you same jacket, and then he's like, no, new jacket. Why did that even happen?
0: Why did the word, why it's did like, they say those words, I mean? Yeah. Oh, well, they, they haven't, haven't seen each other seen for a while. they have seen
1: each other in a really long time. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: 20 years. Oh, no. It 10 was, years. It was actually... Three years? Um, well, or we know years? for a fact... Or seven
1: years. Uh,
0: bloodline takes place six years before the force awakens and they're still together at that point so i'd say you know uh well yeah because like in bloodline i don't want to spoil it so i won't say anything it's okay daddy no you know what i won't it's okay so i'd say if i had to guess i'd say they maybe haven't seen each other for three three or four years that's my guess all right so but yeah, um, yeah, it was kind of, it was, it was a little weird to watch A New Hope last night, you know, to see Princess Leia and know that, that uh, Carrie Fisher's gone, but it's going to get less weird as time goes on and, and, you know, well, just like it is with, you know, Alec Guinness and Peter Cushing and.
1: But I actually was, I wasn't really old enough to understand well, that's that. That's
0: true. No, that's true. And now I am. I wasn't even either. Really, so. I mean.
1: Did the person who um, played Wendu die? No, no. And Carrie Fisher. I love Princess Leia so much. Right, she's your she's favorite. She's my favorite character.
0: character
1: right. Also, Ray. Yeah. And now Jim. <laughs> but still. <laughs> yeah. She's one they're, of my favorite characters. They're like the Holy your Trinity. Oh,
0: and Padme. <laughs> right.
1: All, all four yeah, of those of are my favorites. Sure, why not?
0: All four are my favorites.
1: Yeah. Do I have any boy favorites? Um yeah I like obi-wan mm
0: yeah all right well we're gonna we're gonna call that an episode um you know it started started on a sad note and then it was fun and then now we're kind of ending on a sad note again and that's that's okay that's all right uh, because that's how it should be but I want to thank everyone for listening to episode 56 of Children of the Force, and uh, as always, thank you again to those of you who support us and over Patreon on... exactly.com Sure. Uh, Amy, Laura, <laughs> Nick, Alethea, we are forever grateful for and humbled by your support. And if you'd like to reach out to us online, you can contact us via Twitter.
1: At Force Children.
0: On Facebook, we are
1: Children of the Force.
0: Our email address is
1: force children at gmail.com
0: Our website is
1: www.childrenoftheforce.com. Yeah, childrenoftheforce.com. Yeah.
0: And head on over to speakpipe.com/slash/children-of-the-force and leave us a voicemail from your computer. Uh, we will play it on the show, and we'll love you for it. And finally, leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or anywhere else you listen to us. Doing so will make it easier for more people to find us. And I'm talking slowly because I want to make sure that no one wrote anything to us on Twitter. And they didn't, and that's okay. Because I kind of put something up on Twitter really quick, kind of last minute. Hey, uh, you know, write something to us on Twitter. Say, ask us a question for the question and answer council. We'd love that. Um... You know, uh, what's your favorite Princess Leia moment? We'd love to hear that on uh, a Speakpipe message, or just send us an email, uh, and we will uh, read that or listen to that on the next show. We'd love it. We would love it for Children of the Force. I'm Al.
1: I'm Anna. I'm Liam.
0: And may the, the force be with spirit. you.
1: the podcast. Save the dream.